this Yom Kippur, we, the, there's the 50th anniversary from Yom Kippur War. It was in 1973. I remember that I was seven years old. Two o'clock in the afternoon, you hear a siren. Everybody runs out of the synagogue. At that time in our synagogue, there was no um, bomb shelter. Shelter. They run across the street. I go outside. I see there is, there is car, there is a, a army cars and trucks, getting in the shoes, picking up people from the synagogue with the talus and with the kittle, the white coat, taking them, putting them straight on the on the truck. He didn't have a chance to turn. Go straight to the wall. And it was chaos. People were scared. Nobody knows what's going on. A war broke out. And then, for the next few weeks, Israel was under a, a blackout. They were afraid that enemy planes will come and bomb communities. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know where there's a community. They wanted at night shouldn't be any lights. Right. That they put out, there was no lights on the streets, no night and anything. If you want lights in your house, you have to close your window cl- completely. Yep. There shouldn't be any lights. The cars, the light, the headlights, they, they told everybody to paint the headlights. It should be just a little bit light, but not yep. too much. And so on. It was a terrible few weeks. Since then, you know, this was a terrible war. The war, the war died 2,700 soldiers. 7,000 casualties, I mean 7,000 uh, people, people wounded. were uh, wounded, wounded people. And Israel did not recover from Yom Kippur War until today. I tell you the other day, somebody was a reporter during the war. He was in, in Sinai, right there. And somebody interviewed him and asked him, tell me, what do you think is the secret? How, how they won the war? What happened? That he said something very interesting. He said the Israeli army proved to have a lot of very innovative, very flexible, on the spot, being being able to change, not being robots, not following the orders just, but being very innovative and very very creative. Mm -hmm. And that's what saved the world. Every soldier on his own was creative. The, 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 the officers, I mean, Arik Sharon did things that, that, the, that the army didn't allow him. The, the commander chief didn't allow him. He still did that, and then later he, got, he, got, he was praised for it. That's what saved him. That's so interesting. I, I saw just the other day an interesting story about innovation in the army doing him keep a war. Yep. You know, after three weeks, it was a ceasefire that the Egyptians agreed during the ceasefire to allow the Israelis go to look for um, missing soldiers, mm-hmm. basically dead missing soldiers. They're gone, but you don't have a body, you don't have anything. And in Jewish law, a missing soldier, if you don't know where he is, his wife cannot really get married because right. she, she doesn't get a get. She, she, it's, it's a complicated business. You have to find something, you have to find where, where they are. You have to establish his death. Then they allowed, when they, it was in the part in Sinai, they, they were under, con, under the Egyptian control, they, allowed, they will allow, who they allow? The chaplains, the Israeli rabbinate of the army, the chaplain to go and to look for bodies because it's a, it's a religious issue. There was a there, uh, at that time, the head of the, our big officer, his name was Yom Tov Tamir. Tamir, 
Yes, Tamir comes to Arik Sharon, actually. And he tells them where the rabbis are going to go, where they know where to go, they know where to look. What? Mm-hmm. I need to go there. He was growing a beard because of the war. Sharon looks at him and says, you can make a good rabbi. Go ahead. <laughs> That's his way to say, you're good. Now he has to go to the chief rabbi of the army to be put on the list, to get in the delegation. Comes to the chief rabbi, the guy asks him, yeah, which is Shiva? He saw he kept it a keeper. He found a keeper somewhere. He has a beard. He says, I'm a rabbi. He says, Where you in? which is Shiva you learned? The guy was a little lost. One of the young rabbis was there. He looks at him and he thinks to himself, that's what we need. Right. He takes the chief rabbi on the side. He tells him, he learned in the yeshiva. He gave him a name of a yeshiva. He said, we need him. Yeah. They put him on the delegation. They arrived to the, they went all together there. There, they had a UN officer join them because it was, the, the UN was the, the middle man between right. Israel and Egypt. And also an Egyptian officer. They walk, and they date the Israelis talking Hebrew, and he, pay, he realized that the Egyptian officer pays attention and tries to listen. Then he turns to him, and in the Hebrew tells him, you are not a rabbi. You're the, the commander of the, of the ninth unit, whatever it was. He says, no, it's not true. I'm a rabbi. He lied. Then they start talking. He says, you speak Hebrew? I know Hebrew. He says, I learned it. I went to the university in New Delhi. And he learned about the Middle East. The Middle East, uh, I, I mean, whatever it's called. The, 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 uh, he le- learned about the Middle East uh, languages, languages and in general. Mm-hmm. And he learned Hebrew then. And they start talking. It was, they had very nice conversations. Then he tells them, you're very smart, Jews, but one thing I don't understand about you. Why are you mixing blood of children in the matzah? He was so shocked, he looks at him and he tells him, Muhammad, you're a smart man. How do you speak such nonsense? Right. Here interferes the, the UN uh, officer, start to give him a whole lecture about kosher. He tells him, you don't understand, in Jewish law, even the meat before you eat, you have to salt it, because you have to take out any drop of, of blood, because they're not allowed to eat meat, even meat of anim- blood of animals. Not how they bought. What are you talking about? All the Israelis look at him and said, How oh, you know about kosher laws? Says, My wife, I married to a Jewish girl. <laughs> talking and talking, finally they make it to the, where he wanted to go. He knew in, the Egyptian realized that this guy know, knows where to go, that he, he understood. He's not, from the, he's, not from the, he's not a chaplain. He knows where he's going. He was here before. He went to look for one special, you know, one of the things that were destroyed the most, or hurt the most, were the tanks. And the people in the camps were burned with the tanks. It was terrible. He comes to a burned tank. He's looking for his friend, for one of his soldiers. His unit lost 67 soldiers within 24 hours. And the, the first few days were hell. Then uh, he comes there, in the tank, nobody knows. But then he says, like, a little bit of dirt, a little iron. He takes out a shovel from, every tank is a shovel. Takes out a, a shovel from the tank, starts to dig. He finds two Jewish soldiers. He picked them up, he brought them to a Jewish burial in Israel and everything. 
think this is an example of the innovation that we're talking about. He's not a, he's not, he's not a rabbi. He doesn't say, oh, they said the rabbis go, the rabbis will go. He said, I need to go there. They, 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 they know, they know where they, he was fighting there. He knows where was the war. They, where are they going to go? They don't know. It's huge pieces of land. It's, 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 he knew exactly. And that's why the Egyptian officer said, this guy is not a rabbi. He knows where he's going. But maybe it wasn't just the innovation of the, of the, Jewish, of the, of the Israeli soldiers. Maybe there is something more to it. In the Torah that we're going to read, we're reading on Yom Kippur in the morning. It's on the book of Isaiah. And it says there's something very interesting. It starts with something very... It's on page 207. It says, Isaiah says in the name of God, declares in the name of God something very interesting. It says, so says... For those says the, the lofty and exalted one, who abides in, for eternity, right? Whose name is holy. I dwell in the supernal height and in the holy places. God is very high in the holy places. But yet, I am with the broken hearted and the humble of spirit. What is he saying here? Judaism, that God, where is God? If you want to look for God, God is with the, is with the humble people. If I, if I have arrogant, if I think I did it, I made it, I'm such a big macher, I'm pushing away God for me. Mm-hmm. The moment I become humble, God is with me. Yep. There is another verse in the Bible. God is always with the underdog. Even when the underdog is wrong, it doesn't make a difference. It's always with the underdog. God is with the heartbroken, with the people who have, who have broken spirit, and humble, God is with them. What happened in Yom Kippur War? What was the biggest mistake of him? What was the biggest disaster of Yom Kippur War? Before right. the war, they were invincible. invincible, exactly. A day before, three days before the war, the head of the intelligence community said, we won, the situation in Israel it was never as good. The chances for a war are smaller than ever. There were more and more of this. There's quotes un- unlimited. It's going to be good. There's, since six day war, Israel thought that they are the strongest army. Everybody's afraid of them. Nobody will dare to do anything to them. The Arab armies are, 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 are so behind, behind that they will never dare to attack the Israelis. And even when they got so much intelligence that it's going to be a war, they did nothing. The head of the army, the uh, commander of chief, begged an Yom Kippur to make a, uh, to, to reserve, to bring, the, to call the reserves. Mm-hmm. No, they said, no, it's not going to be a war. Mm-hmm. Three hours before the war, they said, it's not going to be a war. When they knew everything, they saw everything, they already, not one proof. There were thousands of, of proofs that there is going to be, no, it's going to be a war. There's, Golda Meir said no. She accepted, um, what his name was, um, Moshe Dayan's opinion that it's not voted to attack first. They wanted to attack first. Because uh, just like a six-day war, Israel attacked first. That's why she won the war. And then, a few hours later, 100,000 soldiers from Egypt alone came to attack Israel with 1,000 tanks. You understand? You know, the numbers was there. It's crazy. 
and then Syria attacked from the other side. And uh, Syria and Egypt were the, the, the official armies, the, the countries who attacked. But there is another seven to 10 Arab countries who sent soldiers for, to, for, to, to support them with soldiers. Then the, uh, the Soviet Union supported them with the best weapon that they had available, the, the newest and best weapon. It was an unbelievable strong war. The beginning was a minute later, in the a day before, never ever more, we are so invincible. A day later, and, and what's his name? Moshe Dayan goes around at the destruction of the third temple. It's going to be the end of it, could be the end of Israel. He lost everything, he lost it completely. Mm-hmm. And what changed? Why to suddenly everything was good? The beginning, when you're arrogant, that is not with you. Arrogant person. The Bible says, then, then if, if uh, the Talmud says it, and God says, if with an arrogant person, I cannot be with them in the same room, under, under the same roof. Then we, when, the, when, when Israelis had this arrogance before the war, they, did not, they lost the protection of God. God is basically saying, you can do it, go ahead, do it. Then you don't need me, right? You can do it yourself, go ahead. When the Israelis, when the Jews realized, when the war started and the Jews had broken out, they, they, they realized how much, how vulnerable they are. Then they allowed God in their life. Then everything changed. That's what really happened. And then when everything, when, when everything changes, that, that, that's what when the, and not only something good happened, we, we, we actually end up with, with a huge victory. Mm-hmm. We got the Golan Knights, we got other things. And this same reporter said something very interesting. We taught the world, he says, to a point, something good came out of it. That even when we are caught unprepared, and when we are on the weaker side, eventually, we're going to win the war. Don't think, oh, we call them unprepared, we call them off guard. Eventually, they won the war. And that in the end of the day, we actually, we actually, we actually re, uh, won and, we, and the world saw that God is with us. And that, that's where it's going to be forever.